0: This is the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. Acta non verba. All right, welcome back to another Barbarian Banter. Again, I got CJ and Jimmy G with us. We're going to have some fun and be entertained and hopefully make some people laugh along the way. In between some of the other podcasts that we got going on. So how's things been going guys? What's up this week? Anything new exciting besides nut shots from CJ and I'll explain <laughs> that more here. He's been sending working out videos to us lately showing off but they're always full frontals.
1: And you guys never complain. Never. Well, well we happy do to get them. <laughs> <laughs> uh well Yesterday, we spent five and a half hours looking for a car for my girlfriend because on Thanksgiving, while we were taking my grandma home, a deer decided to run into the side of her car. So that was exciting. Poor deer. (laughs) Oh, that deer is still alive. Whenever we stopped, there was no blood tracks or nothing. It was just, it was gone. You didn't chase it down? It was the middle of the night. What kind of man are you? Why one do that was not going to run into the.
2: Clearly I live so barbarian. I don't have to run. <laughs> Clearly not a barbarian. Shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs> no, I did go out to look to see if there was a deer, but it was so dark I couldn't see anything. And I have Perfect. no idea which way it went. So, yeah, besides that car, um, yeah, we're working on. Uh, our finances so we can buy a house as well cuz the car wasn't really in the whole situation now we have to work it in there and see if we can still save enough money to have a mortgage that we can handle so yeah that's pretty much been my week
0: that's a that's a good way to kick it off
2: yeah nothing so grandiose uh had a <clears throat> my daughter's had a piano recital today so spent a lot of the week just helping them get prepared for that and they did fantastic so that was good other than that you
0: had a big day this week though didn't you
2: i was just gonna say other than that had a had 50th birthday yesterday so happy uh, birthday jimmy g (laughs) thank you very much so yeah it was good ice cream and cake and did you uh, have pie or cake cake okay who has but that was on their
0: birthday well, you got to think of what kind of pie I'm talking about—penis <laughs> uh, pie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had uh, the girls and I and my parents uh, had, did dinner at my parents' place, so it was nice, low key. And then this coming weekend, when I don't have the girls, we'll do something a little bit more fun. So nice. There you go. Awesome. My fun was
0: exploring part of Illinois I hadn't been into in about 20 years. i had forgotten that there's parts that are almost uninhabited. So, yeah, there's, Illinois is flat, and you should be able to see a house in the distance. And when you can't, yeah, you know you're out in the
2: boonies. Yeah, that's, so. that is true.
0: You're you're driving along, and all of a sudden, the town pops up, and you blink, and it's gone, and you're like, holy crap, people really live out here. And yeah, so I yeah, think the been, neatest one is I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, I come across this um country club. Hardly any houses around it or anything. It's just like a country club out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, who goes to this club? You, you know, it's like. There's a story there. You almost want to stop and walk in and be like, who who comes to this place? And where's all the houses hidden? Are they underground or something?
1: So It's probably like all the matches around. They just got like so much land that you don't really notice that there's a house back there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, and the whole frontal nudity. That was because... I had a PR on seated dumbbell presses. I threw up 75-pound dumbbells for a set of 10. But, you know, it was a whole nut shot involved in the thing. Yes. <laughs> nut shots. I, how do we follow that up? I, I don't know. I'm going to start saying You know, I never notice it until Jimmy G says something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: What do you mean you'd never notice it? You're the one who sets up the shot.
1: I don't notice my bulge because I'm a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're just going to get side shots now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's all. You said, That's... Thank you.
0: Yeah. Side so you'd job. rather have the side shot. No, you little, don't.
1: You yeah. A little side, side boob
0: going action going on instead of the full frontal.
1: Hey, I wear the hoodie all the time now, so you're not going to see any titty. well this is going to go in the toilet fast you can (laughs) see where
0: this next hour is going to be all right let's get entertained here a little bit what's what's your first question for us to digest here cj
1: first question of the day is who's your favorite wrestler of all time and why wow (laughs) Mm. I know you guys watched wrestling back in the day. Oh, of
2: course. I was going to say, who didn't when they were a kid? Man. Come on. Although, back when I was a kid, that was a long time ago. They had wrestling your day? Yeah.
0: I, I'm well, torn. I'm torn. I have two favorites.
1: I was going to say, I personally have two as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, Mine would be Mick Foley and The Undertaker. Those are my two
1: So whenever uh, The Undertaker threw up Mick Foley, who were you rooting for? Yes. Threw him off the top of the hell in the cell. Who were you rooting for in that match?
0: Yes. (laughs) Both of them. Because, you know, that match was so insane. They just took everything to a new level in it. And, I mean, that's probably one of the matches that grounded me to make them my favorite. Because it was no holds. They were both injured, if I remember correctly, going into that match. Really, The Undertaker had a broken foot, and uh, I forget what. So I think Mick was hurt too. Mick and, was um,
1: always hurt, Let's exactly.
0: So they were both injured, and then they gave it it all. And then he split his lip open, and say, uh, that was just one hell of a match. But those two, through the years, the stuff they did, you know, how long they lasted in the business, to keep coming back for more
1: abuse, those are probably my top two. I was gonna say that they saw the Undertaker come back every once in a while.
0: Well, there, there at the end, it was um, for WrestleMania, and I believe he finally lost. I think you I saw
1: that. You know why he lost? Because he's getting tired. No, it's because he—he uh, was actually supposed to win, but during the match, it was him and Brock Lesnar, and uh, I'm pretty sure the Brock Lesnar—he like did five. F5s to Undertaker, and the last one, Undertaker had a concussion, so they had to end the match, so they pinned him. That's why he lost. Lost.
2: I think I saw something. I would agree with The Undertaker, uh, but I think I saw something here recently. Didn't he officially retire for good?
1: Yes. I think did after he? that he did. He was, yeah. No, because uh, I watched the one that they had. I don't know what. It, I don't think No, it was I mean, I think
0: that led into him
1: retiring? Well, he had a match not too long ago. Did he? Yeah. I mean, WWE did some... It was a pay-per-view, but you know they didn't have anybody in the crowd, so they were able to do this thing that... I don't know how to explain it, but pretty much it was like a graveyard thing with him and AJ Styles and Undertaker threw him into like a... Okay, but did he really wrestle? I mean, he was still there, so technically, yes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I mean was it a match like him and HBK at a like 10 years ago? <laughs>
0: no. no. Well, it says he officially retires at survivor series 2020 possibly for real.
1: <laughs> there we go. Possibly for real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, that. Jimmy G you're saying undertaker too.
2: Yeah. I, Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a, a fan of his to be sure. Um, and, uh, I don't know. There's something like, it's all hokey. Like the whole, especially those early days. Cause oh. it was the undertaker. And who is that? Who's the guy? Paul Bearer? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so kind of so over the top that like the whole thing, uh, was it was little, so
1: over the top that they made Kane, his brother.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. That was awesome. But, yeah, I don't know. It's like I just, I thought that, like, the whole thing was. Who is it? Jimmy Superfly, Snooka, uh, like, all those older dudes. Got Hulk Back Hogan the in
0: there, Macho Man. Ooh. Ooh <coughs> macho Man. <coughs> Interesting
2: man. story Savage, on Macho warrior, Man. Or the Ultimate Warrior. Yep.
1: Um, oh. See, I was a huge Sting fan when I was a kid, whenever he did the whole Crow stuff. I thought mm. that was the coolest thing. Now yeah. I gotta think. They'd drop him down from word. the rafters.
0: Oh, uh, see, this is one of those times I need my dad around. I can't remember who it was. No, it was either Ultimate War. I want to say it was Macho Man. I'm, 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 I'm going to go. It's 90% sure it was Macho Man. Dad was out uh, west doing some stuff, and on his flight back, ended up sitting next to him on the airplane. <laughs> no. And they had a nice conversation. What's funny is, grandpa was big into wrestling. So that's why I knew about wrestling. Yeah. Dad was about clueless about wrestling. He just knew he sat next to a wrestler and talked to him and da 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 da, da. comes home and tells us about it. And I'm like, wait, what? Did you get his signature? Da, 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 da. No, no, no. I'm like, well, that sucks. But yeah, <laughs> so he got to sit on a flight home and I, I want to say it was Macho Man. Yeah. So had a nice conversation with him. I remember talking to him about that.
1: That's pretty badass. I was gonna say, oh yeah, <laughs> the guy that I really liked whenever I got a little bit older was Jeff Hardy because that yep. dude was absolutely insane. He jumped off what was it like twenty foot ladders on the like two people on like two tables high, like Hardy Brothers would be my number twos. Oh yeah, they were badass. They whenever whatever they uh, Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys. It doesn't. Who was much better Edge or Christian? Christian. Edge, Edge was the favorite, but I thought Christian was way cooler. Yep, I agree.
2: I did hear a podcast with... Uh, I forget the podcast. Maybe it was Tim Ferriss did an interview with Triple H. And it was like a legit conversation. It wasn't about wrestling per se, although there were discussions about wrestling and, and just more uh, the industry, not so much matches or some of those things. And Triple H is a really... I mean, solid dude, like just hearing him talk and and getting his take on a whole bunch of things and, you know, talking about how to be prepared uh, because they'd have matches in Japan or, you know, when they travel abroad and do those, some of those matches around the world. And it's like, how you know, in 24 hours, I got (laughs) to be, you know, up and whatever, but you kind of have to trick your body to, so, you know, so you can actually do it and not feel like a pile of crap. It was a really good, good interview. Good insight. You know, it was just cool to hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, or you know, more business stuff and how he how he does that those things, navigates that stuff.
0: It's amazing when you read about him and how about how many of them have college degrees of something in business, accounting, finance. A bunch well, of these JBL
2: guys. was a finance guy. He has his had his he has a, a financial advisor firm or something like that, which is you know ridiculous, but it's legit. They he would be on like Fox or you know CNBC uh as part of a panel because he had his uh his financial business. That's awesome. Dude was legit.
1: I was gonna say I there was a documentary on Triple H it showed him like when he started and how he got a part of the click and like they buried him and now he's like pretty much running WWE as a whole. Yep. <laughs> Could you imagine uh dating your boss's daughter when <laughs> your boss is that powerful? Yeah. <laughs> That's
2: insane.
1: Yeah. Hold off the biggest move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. <clears throat>
1: what was the first career you wanted to do as a kid? Mm.
0: Wow, that's thinking back a long time.
2: I remember watching uh, Wall Street in high school with uh, Michael Douglas, Charlie Sheen, Daryl Hannah, and some other folks, and wanting to be... Even though it was about insider, Michael Douglas's character was shady, and it was about insider trading and all all those that sort of stuff, it made me want to be a broker. Like a... Investment banker, you know, kind of that sort of finance, high finance kind of thing. There's just something about it. It's more the movie and the the Hollywoodness of it all. I suppose is really what what pulled me in. And but ironically enough, I did end up getting my broker's license, and, and although it wasn't as glamorous as uh the movie made it out to be but uh i did get in that and ultimately ended up getting into that industry uh, although now i'm on the technology side of that instead of the the uh business end of it but hey you still pursued it that's saying say more than most people can yeah it's, it, i mean I, I it wasn't a direct path to be sure i i like uh uh but that's where i it, Oddly enough, it's it's interesting that that's where I ended up. So I took a roundabout path to get there, but ended up there nonetheless.
1: Nathan, do you even remember that far back?
0: And Jimmy's older than me. You know, I,
2: <laughs> that's his way of saying no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think career-wise, I, I I took on what I wanted. I I may have had some goofy stuff in there. Like, I remember I was trying to think back. I mean, from the time I was, like, 13, I wanted to be some kind of mechanic, and I became a mechanic. I've turned wrenches for 30-plus years in all kinds of different fields, anything with wheels and tracks. And so I followed that. But I think if I were to go back younger, I always thought about it would be neat to be like a park ranger, Um, something along that lines – I didn't really know what a conservation police were at the time. And I mean, there's different terms, but more, more of the long of a national park ranger, that is something I would have liked to have done just, to go hang out in the woods. So I was trying to think back farther than turning wrenches, but I've been mechanically inclined. Well, I took my first shop class my sophomore year in, um, high school. So you're what? 14 15 whatever so i've been pursued it for the next upteen number of years and still making money off of it <laughs> even though i'm semi-retired from it i'm still turning wrenches and making money so yeah I, I pretty much chased it and went after it nice
1: yeah uh the furthest i can remember i wanted to be a paleontologist after watching jurassic park (laughs) i i fell in love with dinosaurs really fast then but i started growing up and i i wanted to do so many careers but then uh, about 16 i knew i was going to be in construction so i started taking you know shop classes and college courses and yeah i still do construction I think it's kind of funny yeah. how like about 16, 17, you, ha- you kind of know exactly where you're going to end up. Duh. I mean not a hundred percent, but you have a good idea. Yeah.
0: you have a goal, normally a direction of some sort.:
2: Yeah,
1: I think
0: there's part of the problem is you don't realize how many jobs are under a certain classification, because you know, in school they would tell you trades, mm-hmm. OK, or you can become a welder. Well, what type of welder? You know, 20 years later, it's like, yeah, you, it, there's welding, but then there's 10 different ways of welding, and then are you a factory worker, a field worker, a nuclear welder? It's like all the subcategories, and it's like if they had taught me some of that when I was younger, and I was actually talking to another friend of ours, Doug, about turn, when we were turning wrenches and becoming a mechanic. So many people hear about becoming a mechanic, but, okay, what do you want to work on? Boats, cars, trucks, planes, motorcycles. motorcycles. Do you want to work on big stuff, little stuff? And you don't think about, oh, I'm just going to turn wrenches and become a mechanic. Well, car mechanics are like almost the worst paid guys there are. You need to niche off into something. And I think that goes with any job. You know, you hear about the main one, but you don't hear about all the good paying ones around it. It's like all the subsets that you can grow into.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of how it went for me with construction because I knew I was going to do something related. And I've done at least eight or nine different kinds of construction, but you realize which ones you hate. So you're like, <laughs> hey, yep. I'm going head out. <laughs> exactly. Well, when you, you find one the that you're good field. at, well, yeah. I was gonna say it's all building stuff i mean you're building houses or commercial buildings it doesn't really change that much unless you're doing like wind turbines and that kind of stuff so, that's like you said is very niche but electrician can work on about anything like you want to get down to it. electrician knows wiring to about every house or you know what's funny about electricians though is a lot of times they can't wire
0: up their own car or wire up trailer lights for it. Well, those
1: are totally different kind of wiring though. It's still electrical. Well yeah, yeah, but it's still electrical. The colors are way... different. <laughs> You're not using the same kind of wiring
2: whatsoever.
1: I mean, look at your uh what is it like a sound bar? That wiring compared to the wiring that's in your wall is they look nothing alike. They're not nope. even kind of close.
0: But but I, I again though there's all the variation just yeah. saying construction. Well, what part? Electrician, plumber, carpenter. You know, it's uh, all the do different. Do you do levels.
2: finish work? Do you? I've yeah, done it all. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that's a good one. All right, awesome. Uh, this one's good. Would you rather have to intake all your water through an enema, or have to blend all your meals? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh shit i'm, I'm gonna go blend. with blend meals <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm blending all my meals Dude, I'm, getting I don't an know.
1: Enema. I'm not doing that <laughs> i'll take them i'll take the water i gotta have solid food could you imagine having to drink all your food uh, no How would you like but- that big mac no
0: yes shirt. i have because i have before <laughs> well, well yeah it's, yeah, it's called guess. an mre when MRE. it gets all mushy and everything a lot of times it's basically you're just drinking the
1: thing so i mean people yeah. do get an enema's for uh fun so it couldn't be that bad <laughs> have you had one <laughs> <laughs> are not- you saying you have it cj no i have not
0: you've never had an enema Oh, I, th- no. I think, I think that is the thing you
1: should do this week. Uh, <laughs> Give us a report next week. Well, I've also never drank a like a Big Mac or anything, unless it's a protein powder. Protein, yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Either one does not seem appetizing. But I mean,
2: you know. if you like anal play, I suppose. But never until you never know. You try, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, well, you
0: wanna... I think you should try and just give yourself an enema. Have week. you had one? What? Enemas? Yeah. Over the year? Oh, hell yeah. I I know Get all plugged up and everything. Got to clean that stuff out. Yep. I've never had a problem with shitting, personally. Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, you, you should. should still go give yourself an enema and report back <laughs> to us. Give
1: myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, video that. <laughs> 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 How do you want to look at the videos of how to do a personal here's,
0: here's Oh, they got vlogger. directions
1: on that. Do they box. got YouTube how-to video
2: on yeah. that? Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, sure they, they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, make a TikTok out of it, though, CJ. Uh, there,
0: yeah. Better than a YouTube video. You know, YouTube's almost yesterday, so it's, <sighs> do a TikTok. <laughs> Giving yourself an enema,
2: An IG story would you, you watch go. it because it's you yeah of course i'd watch it sweetheart. i knew you would
1: it would be a back shot not a front
2: shot this time you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> i mean i'll you know the sacrifices i make for you sacrifices. <laughs> for you it's. Uh... <laughs> oh my god wait are we recording this
1: yeah, this is been... <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> what is your biggest uh, gym pet peeve? Uh, Currently or overall? Yeah, all together. Like, if you ever see it, it just makes you want to leave. Or watch. Or tape. Record. Or we'll record. <laughs> I... I... <laughs> I've seriously thought about recording people and not caring if they know. Yeah.
0: I mean, in the home gym, my favorite pet peeve, which is actually a good one, is my little man doesn't put the weights back, but I know he's been lifting. So it's a catch 22. One, I'm glad he's out there but i'm pissed because he didn't put the weights back
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have a gym in your home or you go to the commercial gym that still happens
0: i i know <laughs> but you'd think at your own home gym things would get put back properly but no oh hell no is his room
1: picked up well, yeah Okay, so he fixed up his room, but not <laughs> Yeah. That's
2: it's weird. not, <laughs> it not seems my backwards. Stuff. Screw it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Screw you, dad. <laughs> Screw you, dad. <laughs> oh, You're not the boss of me. Okay, I'm talking about, like, commercial gyms, not yeah, home Yeah, commercial that's, gyms. That, that, that's, that's too easy. It is. What it, that's what, what I'm saying. Gym At gym.
0: home, it's a small one, and, and there's not that much. Commercial, I, man.
2: I, I don't know. Like, like there biggest pet peeve i it is so one thing it's it's like everybody anybody who whether it's eagle lifting or not you know it's just like whether it's cable stuff it could be smith smith machine stuff or or anything where it's like people will lift stuff but it's improper form you know when i first started the the there's a buddy of mine who was lifting and when he first He was the guy who taught me how to lift, or I first started lifting with. And it was all about good form, and to the point where he, you know, he was an asshole about it in the best possible way of that. He's like, don't worry about the weight. If all you can do is the bar, great, but just do it with good form. The weight will come later, kind of thing. So then you see, you know, people putting the entire stack of weights to do tricep or bicep, and but it's like they're barely moving or it's more of a full-body workout than it is. It's like it's less about triceps and it's more about shoulders and traps and everything else that you're roping into that. I, I was know. doing so curls,
1: but my calves are on fire. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> your lower back is with those bicep curls. Your lower back is getting swole as a result. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's stuff like that. That's certainly, but it, lately it's, it's uh it's people grabbing dumbbells and standing and right in front of the rack. And it's usually right where I'm going to either grab weights or put My weights back when I'm done, and it's just like, uh, why do you have to stand there? There's like all this room, and that's the one place you're gonna stand. Fuck you!
0: (laughs) Especially (laughs) with the low numbers in the gyms, it's like, yeah, go over here.
2: Don't, yeah, no way.
1: This this whole area. This is
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, uh. One of my biggest pet peeves, I actually want to say something to people, is when they do leg press and they lock out, because if you have not watched the videos of people's knees going the other way (laughs) on a leg press, uh, you'll know why. But I did see a guy doing a a leg press. It was the one where the platform kind of moves with the foot, and he was doing calf raises with it, but his foot was in the middle of it, (laughs) so I had no idea what the dude was doing. So I told him, like, you know you can take, like, the bottom out of it so you can do like leg press. He's like, no, I'm doing a calf race. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, using
0: equipment incorrectly.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose think- the other thing, too, is, like, when people take time, like, they're surfing social media. It's like, you know, waiting for the squat rack, and there's some dude in there, like, spending all his time on his phone in between – sets or even seemingly in between reps. I don't know, but it's like uh, it's like if it takes you an hour to do three sets of anything on any on anything, it could be dumbbell and you've got a bench that you're using or it's like if it takes that, you know, if you're taking forever, it's like uh, I came here to work. What are you doing? I think my biggest
0: one is goofy. It's not always even directed at me is people that stare. They sit there and they'll just stare at someone working out and they're not doing anything themselves. It's just like, they're staring there. And sometimes you're like, well, are they just like, you know, thousand yard stare oblivion, you know, thinking about something. No, a lot of times they're like following a person or whatever and watching them. And it's like, can I, can I help you? Or, yeah. are you wanting to learn something here? Or, why are you staring at me? Or, uh, yeah, did it's you just you get that look quite a bit. No, no, <laughs> at not gym? at
1: all.
0: <laughs> not mine,
1: Alex. Stop but... looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> or the dog, the dog's staring at you. <laughs> I would have that if I had a home gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have two looking oh, yeah. at you,
2: have maybe your dog's staring the at you. <laughs>
1: Uh, what about no. uh, the people that do the supersets and they have like seven pairs of dumbbells But
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And that one, it like doesn't piss me off. I'm just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates you right now. <laughs> you <know? laughs> if I ever do the supersets, I'm going to walk over there, set them down, grab the next one. Which, I mean, <laughs> that's gym Etiquette, but some people just don't give it. A-
2: Fuck. I mean it's one thing if you you're grabbing two sets, okay. I'll, I'll I'll spot you that, but like you said, like once you get past two, especially well, you if know, you're greater than 4 or 5, you probably well, have too many. Oh
0: yeah. They're watching watching the bodybuilder or strongman or something on TV who has his own private gym or private section that he's working in. mm mm-hmm. Mhm okay, now you can do some things that you don't normally do in a normal gym. But when you're at the top of the 1%, you're allowed to do some things. You
1: know, it's like... They probably uh, pay for you to be there.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: It's like you're not them. You're not Ronnie Coleman. You can't throw the (laughs) 100-pounders a quarter mile. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, have you seen people like set down the dumbbells like Ronnie Coleman did in his videos? Like, just toss them after they're done with like a shoulder precious
2: with 20 (laughs) with 20 pound weights.
1: Yes, you're a badass, (laughs) dude. (laughs) It's like there's a big difference there. Oh, yeah. All right. What has been your biggest life lesson? (sighs) We're getting deep.
0: Vet friends and women early (laughs) how do you vet friends early what how do you vet a friend
1: yeah early
0: early. you you have a you have your um you got to know what you're looking for you know mission wise line up go over everything and you know if if a guy just starts saying a whole bunch of off the wall stuff, you can think about helping him, but you don't let him into your inner circle type thing. You know, if there's just things that you know you're not going to get along with conversation wise or mentality, yeah. But I think a lot of people will hang out or do something with someone they wouldn't normally do because there's nobody else. And I'm of the type I'd rather be alone than have some dumbass to have to hang out
1: with type thing. Yeah, for some people they need somebody else though. I mean, they do. In this this day and age, it's hard to find an actual friend that you know you can call up and they'll come hang out no matter what. Right. Sometimes you got to kind of you know you can't be splitting hairs with every person you find.
0: Well, not splitting hairs necessarily, but I mean, big things. You know, if you can't agree on some big issues or big things or whatever, or they're going to fight you on some stuff, then so
1: you're saying don't be friends with people that contest your ideas.
0: Yes, yes. That's bullshit. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it. I mean, because there's a nice thing, but if you're basically chasing after physical fitness and wanting to get fit, you shouldn't be going out and finding a friend that all he does is sit at the bar and drink. You know, okay, well, you guys have met. You might
1: have other things that are in common with those people. So is that one thing they're going to break your relationship with that person?
0: Possibly, Yes. I mean, that... not, not long-term I'm saying when you first meet somebody, if you go to the bar and say, but who's to just... say
1: that you can't change that person's life by introducing the gym to them. You could, yeah. but
0: you're not necessarily best friends or working to, you know, it could it can be. build it could. into a friendship, but exactly. it's still part of the vetting process.
1: Now we're going deep. This is becoming a deep question. Well, I'm not going to give let you do a surface answer. That's <laughs> bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a, That's an interesting idea I was just uh so last night I was hanging out with a friend of mine, local who's a really solid dude. He'd uh he, he'd in many ways he'd fit in on on this conversation uh really well. Um and I've known him t- two decades. Maybe 21, twenty one, 21, twenty twenty one, twenty two years, something like that, and um, and uh, my my daughters happen to ask, you know, how long I've I've known him, and it's like, yeah, geez, it, it has been like two years, and he's he is younger than me. I met him when he was in high school, <laughs> and uh, we went on later to instruct at a, a local high school together. We're both, uh, at the time, we were both drummers percussionists he went on to become a band band director music uh, teacher at uh, local high school here but um, but we got along I mean to your point Nate there's lots of things that it turned out we actually had in common kind of our approach to instructing and what what it meant what we were trying to do how we approached it and that also relates in a lot of ways to just life and and some of those things. Um, even now, uh, you know, we both have kids, uh, I'm I've since been divorced, but he's, um, uh, still married and, you know, there's, you know, we have real conversations, um, here and it's really cool to have somebody like that local, right. A lot of times that's hard to find like that caliber, of, of person, but it, but it did take some time it, It's probably, um, after that first year of instructing together, like you, you really learn about them because we're together all the time, um, and all that stuff. So, you know, that's, that's the trick. It's like, how much time do you have in, in those early days or those early weeks or months or, you know, whatever to really get to know somebody? Cause, uh, especially on, on deep, issues like you're you're not going to talk about uh, a lot of things uh, in those early meetings because everyone's keeping their cards close to their chest they're not whatever so I mean I think where you're going CJ correct me if I'm wrong because I, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth but you do kind of have to put in some time to figure out whether or not this person is truly worth my time and somebody that I I would pull into my inner circle and potentially have as a as a lifelong friend. I mean, so from that sense it, at the outset, anybody could be that. Um, but it's just over time, you kind of have to, you get comfortable the more you hang out. And, but I I think you get a sense though of, okay, you start going down a path and you can kind of get a sense of, yeah, he's you he know, a maybe, friend
0: or we'll keep him at arms. Lake as an acquaintance, <laughs> you might yeah. call him friends, but he's not good. And when I say vet early, that can take years you know well, that's kind of
1: what i was trying to get at i'm like yeah it's are we talking a day a week a month week. yeah i no, give you five talking. minutes <laughs> you got Impress 10 minutes me. to prove yourself
0: <laughs> yeah no it's yeah. bet early just like what it takes time to really build friends i mean it, it could take years you know it could it, it takes getting together hanging out and everything else just like you said and Go on road trips together and yeah. have some fun
2: and i can think of uh, folks that i'm friends with um you know just through through experience Our listeners so, can't see the quote marks so right if you guys right. say in quotes, in quotes. <laughs> uh but you know and and you could probably uh relate to this for sure nate just from being in the military, right? There's that meat grinder where you have that shared experience. So on one sense that, that um, speeds up some of that process because you kind of have a built-in experience, even if you, you know, meet another military man, but didn't necessarily serve together, you have a shared, there's at least a shared experience and, and a similar foundation that you can at least jump off of. But even then that doesn't guarantee you're going to be friends. There's people I've, I've marched with in drum corps and been through that meat grinder with them. Certainly it's, it's nothing like serving in the military, but just that intense activity together over some period of time, we have that shared relationship and we can remember, Oh yeah. Remember that time when we were in Mattoon, Illinois and we pushed the ground because we did so many pushups kind of thing and it was hot and it was this and you remember those sorts of things, but that doesn't mean that I like you and that I want to hang out with you.
0: <laughs> like exactly,
2: sure. There's there's a mutual respect or there's a mutual relationship there. Uh, but beyond that, if I had the option of hanging out with you versus not, I'm, I may not, I may or may not do that based on that. Right.
1: Okay. I was going to say my thing is being a victim won't get you anywhere in life. Because being a victim (laughs) is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you sympathy. You're not going to get ahead in life. Because that was one thing I dealt with when in my early 20s, early teens, I wanted to play the victim card because I wanted people's sympathy. And whenever I stopped (laughs) looking for that sympathy is whenever I actually started getting ahead in life. So that was... My biggest turning point in my life. That's uh, a big one.
0: Is that yeah, when yeah, you that's... started eating meat again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely that time. That was time, that was the turning point in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and I think when you don't, uh, that that makes sense. I mean, that's that's pretty. That's an impressive insight, right? Um, because you know it, it's.
1: Especially a in this of, world.
2: I was going to say it's
1: of, almost an addiction, really, because you get addicted to – I don't know how to put that. You kind of get addicted to people feeling bad for you, so you never have to take full responsibility of your downfalls. So if you fuck up and you're like, well, it's, I'm, a, I'm a victim of my circumstances. No, it's just because you didn't do enough. You're, it yeah. wasn't good enough. You're good enough wasn't good enough
2: yeah well it's it's attention right uh on one level because people are uh, it's attention and people are attaching to you but then on the the flip side of that right it's there there's a sort of comfort in that because meaning uh you don't have to take or allows you to not take responsibility or not take full responsibility for your own actions because it's like oh i you know was abused as a kid or, you know, whatever the thing was. Just making excuses for everything. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something so serious, but it's like, Oh, I tried, but you know, it, it didn't, you know, it's something outside of me and it takes a strong person to be able to look within to say, Oh, what if I didn't put enough effort? Or what if I didn't try hard enough or I didn't know enough or I wasn't smart enough or, you know, didn't take the time to learn whatever it was that I was supposed to learn. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting take. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, all right. What was something you were so convinced you were right about for a long time, but then you changed your mind? And what changed your mind?
2: Hmm, that assumes I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> and that has never happened in your life.
2: <laughs> I'm always right.
1: I'm <laughs> <Damn> straight. <laughs>
0: Hmm. I'm going through details. conspiracy theories in my head of which ones I was <laughs> ending up being wrong on.
1: <laughs> Some of them haven't been proven yet, so um I'll start because uh Who's- mine was not too long ago, it was like 2016 during the president presidential election. Uh I was so convinced that uh Bernie was the right president for the united states and what changed my mind was learning about what happened to venezuela after they took on communism so yeah that was that was huge
0: that would be a big
1: one yeah I, that was also when i was vegan if that surprises you <laughs>
0: no not at all I object. have changed.
2: complete lack of surprise on that
0: <laughs> you know and, and we follow follow a guy that's a vegan but i think there's a difference that if you're like vegan and you look like shit or if you're a vegan that has big muscles you know th- there's still <laughs> Wait, something who? in there what's that who ryan, ryan hummiston who we, ryan we watch his videos all the time he's a vegan yeah
1: yes Yes, is. I'm not watching his videos anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but his is for the whole moral cause, I believe. I think is what sure. he said in a couple or whatever. But
1: you got—he's a, a
0: mass watching. monster on top of it, so it's not like he's not eating tons of protein and stuff. It's just I mean,
1: HGH might help.
0: <laughs> there you, hey, whatever works.
1: Yeah, so I don't judge.
0: It, in uh, Clarence Kennedy. He's another one. Um, he doesn't
1: compete, but but he's another just huge muscle. He is. But, Do you really think they're vegans, or you think they're like they say they're vegans? No, I think <laughs> yeah, they are. like but, I'm convinced but, that there's no freaking way. Because whenever I did it, I could never eat enough. Yeah, but, and but, I was like okay.
0: But did you have protein powder by like? Did you have ten protein shakes a day? No. No, see, Ryan talks about drinking 10 protein shakes a day, and I believe Clarence is or the they same. pea one. protein? Yep, Ugh. pea protein. Yeah, I know.
1: I didn't <laughs> say that. Yeah,
0: it's not my cup of tea, but, you know, they're both. Both of them are strong as fuck. So, yeah, I. it is possible, but we're going to go with the other
1: 99.9%. <laughs> I was going to say he takes TRT. I'm guessing that doesn't hurt him. No
2: yeah yeah well
1: duh <laughs> so, I, but I, we're I'm gonna, gonna go with the average speaking that
0: we just make fun of yeah
2: yeah <laughs> Meats good but there is us. something to that i mean in even to lifting or working out and all of that stuff sometimes that just doing that just the act of doing that regardless of diet or and you know some of that just changes your mindset right because you're not dependent you're not you know you're it is working on yourself. You have to do the work. And, and I think there's, there can be, it's not always a a cure all and it's not a hundred percent, but there sometimes it's easier just to tell somebody to go to the gym instead of handing them a book on, you know, capitalism or, you know, or whatever thing Um, just because you kind of, you know, you don't have to be dependent on the state or the whatever to do the thing. So I think there's dependent on yourself
1: to actually go and do the
2: work. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's you know, there's a couple things. I think uh for me like one thing it's like, you know, like a, a like a I don't know how to describe it. But it's like, you know, growing up when you're a kid, it's like, oh, the adults the the adults know what they're doing and then you you become one boy. and you realize <laughs> no, really actually they don't know what the fuck they're they're doing um it's not a guarantee or at least it's not a guarantee right i mean you know back back throughout history when lifespans were a lot shorter if somebody was was old it's because they survived not so much you know it, it just yeah. and there's wisdom and experience
1: yeah
2: there's <laughs> wisdom and experience there that you know a knowledge uh or wisdom that comes through experience but you know, in this day and age, it's like they, uh uh you know, you, like I said, it's like, you know, trust in, trust in adults, trust in, in some ways, trust authority. I think maybe that's maybe the broader thing. And then you realize, oh, well, wait a minute, it's just us and we're all effed. So like, you know, what do we really know? And I think there's, that's part of it or, you know, that's something for me that you think, think, you know, and even though an, another thing, too, uh, another one I'll throw out there is uh, like never trust the original, whatever the original news story about anything or the original narrative is about anything. And it's not even like going back to, you know, since the printing press existed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, but it's like you, you trust, you, you, and it goes back to, you know, trusting adults. And like I said, maybe this is not that I'm saying that I trusted the press, but whatever the official story was about anything, and it could be at a federal level, it could be a state or local level. It's like usually that uh, those initial reports or the, uh, the, the original narrative is completely wrong. (laughs) Yes. And so you kind of, it's like, Oh, okay. So I'm supposed to make my, own decisions, but I'm being told these things by people who are just as messed up as potentially as I am, or worse. <laughs> worse. You know, I or trust the experts. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are kind of Which wrapped were up in paid that. off. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's it's not a, you know, I every time I see it doesn't matter who it is or what the thing is, but when there's always a story, it's like, oh, you know, it's so and so these people don't trust the experts, whether it's COVID or whether it's you know it it doesn't matter what it is it's like well right uh because of these experts we've had all these things go wrong we've had stock market crashes we've had wars we've had this we've had that it's like i don't think i'm going to trust you because i i fell for that when i was younger and i i don't know that you're going to be the one to You should be the one to, why don't you sit all this shit out and just let us normals come up with our own thing and figure it out on our own and make our own decisions. Yes.
0: Man, I'm still hard pressed on this one. I like that one, Jimmy. That was was good. I can't
1: think of. You can't think of the time you (laughs) were (laughs) wrong.
0: Not, not for any of the larger things. I, I think, uh, nothing you believed as a teenager. No, you know, then things were fairly well grounded. You know, uh, <laughs> as goofy as this is, here's why: want one? It doesn't pay to be nice. I always <laughs> thought it paid to be nice. Found out no. The more of a I I you get through life being more of an ass sometimes. You got to moderate it, but yeah, the nice guy doesn't finish first at all. So, um, that would be one.
1: A lot of people in the Middle East need to learn that. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think the hardest thing is when when and it goes back to the early one about vetting friends and stuff of how wrong I was in certain people I've chose to hang out with. And either took me down the wrong path, or I woke up one day going, "Holy crap, have I strayed from my mission and i I think that's um that that would probably be my largest mistakes is you know working or trusting living within someone else's vision that'd be the biggest one and sometimes you think it's going to work or whatever, or it, you got to just cut t- ties and move on and that's not always an easy thing to do.
1: All right, I like that. All right, this one was asked last week, but it was asked after the podcast. Oh, okay. In keeping traditional masculinity, what will be some challenges you foresee in five to ten years? It's gonna get worse.
0: Yeah, you know, yes and no. I I, I think. I think that we're going to see more of a divide and I'm going to cut it between the city folk and the non-city folk. Now there's not a distinct line there, but, um, a lot in my travels lately, it's like where, where I was talking earlier, I'm driving into places that don't even know a pandemic is barely even going on. And you know what? More masculine people are out. Men are out there. Just General Joes and everything else, they just don't give a fuck. You know, that's just their lifestyle. And it's like, well, why are they like that? Well, they're not on social media like everybody because, one, they don't have the internet like a lot of us. You know, you you start getting closer to the city, you get more up to speed. And even if they are on the internet, they're not on it constantly constantly they're not getting slammed they're not getting pushed they're not and i think we live in this bubble of the internet and we go this is how everybody is because we're on it all the time and we're seeing this and it's a huge echo chamber that just keeps coughing it up and mainstream media and social sites and then people are pushing it on but if you can break away from the um pixels and electrons and everything and get out to the woods and i was talking about this on another podcast if you can shut the noise off you don't have this stream of garbage getting pumped into you it's like oh all these men are horrible and da 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 da, da. yeah and then you go out to the country and you see these young men who it's like you know they're healthy. They look like they eat well. They don't look like crap. And you talk to them and they're hunting and fishing and everything else. Now, granted, it's a minority because, you know, there's 10 people per square mile compared to 2,000 or 20,000 per square mile. So the numbers are off, but I think, um, the farther away you get from the city, you're going to have those people that are going to hold on to it. And they're going to become the teachers later on in the cities. I think you're going to have more people just get crushed under the system.
1: You think they're domesticated like a tiger in a zoo, like the people in the city. Is that kind of how you see it?
0: Oh, worse than a tiger. Let's just go right straight to sheep with their balls cut off. Um, You know, they're they're a bunch
2: of... Don't sugarcoat it, Nate. What what are you really thinking?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think there are tigers in the city, but they're few and far between. I would say a lot of people are just, they're sheep getting ready to go to slaughter. You can't even say they're cows, you know? Well, some of them are, (laughs) but (laughs) I, I, I think a lot of them, and they're just going along and they may complain. You know, like the stupid mask rules. They'll complain and cry, but they're not standing up. And you get a few groups that are, you know, and it's like, okay, um, you have like uh, different different young groups on both sides that are standing up for their causes. And it's mostly young people. Why? Because they don't have a family to worry about. They don't really have anything to lose. And they're the ones that are going to change anything because – they have nothing to lose people that have families aren't marching in the streets and going to full fledged war. Yes. If someone was at, Oh, I know such and such. Yeah, there are people, but when it comes down to fisticuffs, they're few and far between compared to all the single people fighting it out. But again, we're back to the city mentality. So there's this war going on in the cities and and there's a war going on in the digital space. And I think the farther you get away from that digital space, the less it is. So is masculinity going away or going to be tougher in the next five to 10 years? I think it comes down and it depends on where you live. You know, what's getting shoved down your throat and what are you swallowing? What garbage are you taking in?
1: Well, I mean, those people in the small schools are still going to public schools, so it's not really going to change too much. Probably not right now they're not <laughs> well i mean yeah. they're still being taught online
0: they are but but i'm saying a lot of that isn't going to change any more than what we currently have i think it's going to it hit them harder as they get off into college and farther on
1: yeah i, can I don't definitely see even
0: that. in the small towns i think they're still decently humane you know it's it's not as bad it's it's creeping in there don't get me wrong but on on the short stick of things i think it's it's not as bad as what the cities are getting away with with the mass numbers of so you think it,
1: in the cities it's going to change much in 5 to 10 years or do you think it's going to stay about the same as it is right now oh i
0: think it'll get worse i think the closer you get to a bigger city the worse it gets here's so another thought you, you i want to go back to schools their,
1: Agenda just that much harder in the five to 10 years or what?
0: Okay. Well, let me go back to school for a moment. The yeah. other thing that you have in schools is in the smaller communities, you have parents that are teachers, so the parents that actually care are almost watchdogs in the school system to not allow as much crap to go in. Whereas if you get the city, you could have a whole fledge of teachers that don't have any kids in the system whatsoever. So you're sending your kids off to teach to somebody else, which then allows them to pump in all kinds of more garbage because there's no watchdogs on them that you don't have in the small community. So that's part of it. And yeah, I think the city, I mean, cities are always innovation. That's always where everything moves faster. Something happens there. It could take a decade before people in the country see it.
2: Yeah. I think some of the biggest challenges, I mean, it, it kind of ties into what you said, Nate, but I think some of the biggest challenges are going to be, you know, whether you call it political correctness or, or whatever it is, right. There's, there's, because to, to me masculinity tr- or traditional masculinity right or some of those things is is really about in a lot of ways is really just about being off- authentic being who you are being as a man in the best sense of that right I mean there's certainly uh, evidence on on either end right on on one spectrum you can be like you know just some cavalier man who just doesn't give a shit or is more self-centered or self whatever on one far extreme. And then the other far extreme, you know, it's like, you have these, it's not an original phrase, but you know, I've heard it before and it's apropos here. It's like you have grass eating lions, people who think they're, they're men, but it's like, I'm going to change my nature and not be a meat eating lion. I'm going to be a grass eating lion. And that's, you know, a kinder, gentler, sort of thing but i think you know true masculinity is at its best is somewhere in the middle of that in in a number of ways and so uh you know it's just when you try and if you start to accept that there are things that i can or cannot say under the guise of it quote unquote, being in polite society kind of thing, you know, or manners or gentlemanly, it's not good to say those things. It's like, well, that's not true. That's kind of a censorship in a way that prevents you from being who you are and, and saying what you think and saying what you mean. And arguably in so many ways, we've kind of gotten to this point because people don't do that. People don't don't say what they're thinking. You think censorship's
1: going to take a next step. Like you think it's gonna go further within the states?
2: it has the potential to it it's certainly it's it's always one of those things that you know i I think those boundaries get get pushed or there's an attempt to push those boundaries out further right? I mean, look at the fact like if you you gotta have proper pronoun usage now, you can't just say he him or her or she it's it's like you gotta be and you can't say this and you like and all in the idea of well we don't want to offend anybody we don't want to whatever but who who gets if you really get offended by that stuff
1: well you think that the u.s is going to take the next step in like actually making it like criminal to be offensive is that is that like what they're doing in europe i can't remember exactly where they're doing it but if you say certain things, you can actually get legal action taken against you. You oh, think that's going to yeah, start happening? I remember
0: reading that. That was like Swiss, not Switzerland. Uh, I can't remember exactly um, where. Sweden was it? That's I
2: mean, if, you know, it's one of those things. If if you right, you get a strong like right now. There's lots of cries, just to use the current example, right? That that Donald Trump is is fascist and he's this totalitarian piece of crap and he's going to trample all over the constitution and our rights and all those sorts of things. Now, objectively, if you look at what he's done over his time as president, has he really trampled our rights? Has he like, you know, are are there things that we can't do today that we couldn't do uh, prior to a Trump administration because of things that he's enacted and things that he's done? I, I would argue the answer to that question is no but right. There's all these calls or all these, all this talk about how, you know, he is a fascist and all these things. You keep asking for that. You keep acting the way eventually you're going to get a strong man to just have to respond. Like to, you're going to get somebody to legitimately respond back and you're going to end up with a strong man and wonder why, how do we end up here? And it's like, well, when you call everything a fasc- fascist and you keep pushing back, eventually somebody's going to go, Well, screw this. I'm not going to take that anymore and end up pushing back. And then magically you have like a Mussolini or a Stalin. Like maybe we'll never have somebody that bad in the world again. But I mean, never say never. There's right there. <laughs> it's a fallen world, whether you're spiritual or not. And you know, the heart of man, you know, the good that can come from men speaking of, like just humans in generally is countered by the fact that we can also be do absolute evil at the same time you know we're capable men too right we talk about this a lot uh we're we need we're the sword and the shield and while we shouldn't uh you know violence isn't always the the first the the opening you don't open with violence at the same time you need to be able to do it and you're you should be capable of severe violence in order to protect your family and, you know, whatever your, your stuff. So there may be a pushback there. I wouldn't be, you know, who knows how hard it's, I who hard, how hard that's really going to be. But, you know, sometimes some of these things, it's like a death of a thousand cuts. So it's like, you can't say this or you can't do this. And it seems to wear a mask and I'm not some huge, I don't believe there's some government, conspiracy theory that you know with this virus and all this stuff but it is interesting like we almost can't talk about how how many people just wear a mask because and if you go back to what i was saying earlier trust the experts Let that, that's something that's changed in my mind the original narrative you know is always false kind of thing it's like but we can't even ask questions that challenge any of those things uh, hey, we're having a spike in cases here in, in, in my area. It's like a second wave or a third wave or whatever it is, but we've had a mask mandate. It's like, and everywhere I go, I see people wearing masks, but it's almost like people aren't wearing masks. That's why we have this spike in cases. So wear your damn mask. And it's like, well, what if the virus just virus, it does its thing and we're going to get it. Maybe a mask helps. Sure. Or you know for the sake of argument let's say there's some benefit to it even if it's 20% or some small percentage but we can't even ask question it's almost like you you can't challenge that narrative and it starts that way there's those sorts of things how dare you talk you know question the motivations for invading iraq in this the second time around or whatever it is it doesn't matter the thing right it's- we, we Start small, and eventually you can't do the thing, right? <laughs> Is where I'm going. So I, I think it's that's the danger, right? How many cuts before you kind of go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute? <laughs> or you, it's like a how do you boil a, b- boil a frog, right? You just gradually turn up the heat because we right. get comfortable. I was gonna say, uh, do you guys see possibly
1: that maybe traditional masculinity actually makes a rebound? what what would actually make that happen is there any chance of that are we too far gone or is it a possibility and is you know is there any way that that can make a rebound oh absolutely
0: people get angry enough it, 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 it's it's almost like if you strip everybody of everything that they have yeah there's some that'll just go along with the narrative and be sheeple in it but there's even more people that will be like, hey, wait a minute. This does not make sense. And it not only will they start to change it in themselves, they'll start teaching their sons differently. And I think there's the key component. It's, you know, we're going through a crap time or whatever. And it's the generations that come are really gonna be the ones that change it. You know, we, we it didn't take we didn't just get here.
1: I was it's going to say. Years. So what you're saying is that this time right now is actually pushing us towards more traditionally masculine. So we're actually moving towards that. So the it's actually going to get swing. better. So what yeah. you're saying it's actually going to get better. So it's going to get worse for maybe the five, but then at the ten, it's actually going to reverse. Is that what you're trying to say?
0: I think it might be longer out than that, but yes. Well, I, I,
1: I, I who I, knows exactly in the time, but
0: time frame, but yeah. yeah. I think it'll swing it back around. You know, it'll,
2: yeah. The pendulum. I think we talk about it a lot too, right? Like how radical an idea it is to get married and have a family, raise kids. Like all of a sudden, that's a radical idea, and doing it early. Like you know that it's swinging back around. Like there's this. You know, men and women, you got go get a career, get your life, do all this stuff, and then have kids later. I know I started late. I, it's like I started way late, Um, and that's that's right. We, and you know that that is what that is. I, I we all need to start wherever we're at, but uh, at the same time too, right? It's it's kind of a radical idea that you and it, it's get not married just having, at eighteen and have yeah, a family and then expect yeah. it to last another 80 years yep and it's just a uh, and it's it's uh you know how crazy how crazy of a notion is that and caring about and it's not just having kids because that's what you do it's having kids because you want a family and uh you know and i think that's one thing that 2020 has shown me there's a number of people who have had kids because almost, it feels like it's almost, that's what you do. You get married, you have kids because that's what you do. It's like, no, I, when I, I'm divorced, but I got married with the idea of having kids and starting a family. And I, you know, I, I want my kids. I I wanted to have kids. I, I'd be happy with more kids too, kind of thing. But that's, it, it seems like a subtle difference, but it's a, it's a big mindset Uh, there's a big gap there in mindset because you know if you just have kids it's another mouth to feed it's like a pet in my head right versus actually having kids and being engaged and that's where that's kind of the point I'm trying to make or trying to get to is I think just that parental engagement mom and dad or if, if you're a single parent so be it but being involved in your kids lives and I think From that flows a number of good things, and that kind of gets to more traditional values in the sense of, you know, us being in because you we can throw all kinds of money at schools or other programs to try and help families, to help kids, whatever. But the true, the best lessons, you know, come from isn't going to come from a teacher or some school program or some software educational program, it's going to come from parents being involved with their kids and building that long-term relationship with them and preparing them to go off on their own. You know, some of that's legacy building, but part of it is being, providing a secure place for them to reach out, to go out into the world because they know they have a safe base of operations to come back to both physically and emotionally. And I think, so in that sense, I think that will help just that being engaged with your kids over time. If enough people do that. And some of it might be in response to just what's going on in the world and say, screw this. I'm I'm going to make my own decisions and I'm going to live my life make the best decisions I can for my family based on the information that I take in that may be different than what society might want us to do or think we should do, or my neighbors or my family will do, but I'm going to forge ahead this way because I believe this is what's best for me and my family. And I think if enough people do that, then I don't know if we'll write the ship, but it will be, at least moving in a better direction, generally speaking.
1: Bam. <laughs> <laughs> drops Mike. That was always awesome. go. That's all the questions I got, man.
0: We it. See that, that that was a good string of questions.
1: Finished yeah, on a solid deep one. Yeah, I like these ones.
0: They were good.
2: Well done. No one we'll just for see... the submissions. Yep, there was those. only yeah. one
1: submitted. I put every <laughs> Thanks for it. It well, we wasn't the
0: animal one. Well, submit. there was two because I think you what? came up with the animal one yourself.
1: I definitely did. I was okay. trying to get you guys to push me to try it on myself. That okay. was literally the only reason I put it on here.
2: I figured if so, you, if you, yeah, if you just want, uh, you didn't, if you're Asking us for permission, we we just gave it to you. Go yeah. ahead. You you do you. <laughs>
1: and, and on top <laughs> I'm, of, that, I'm going to like secretly do that and like every question. Like, should I do this?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I
0: think you should go ahead and give yourself an enema this week. I'll give you the and, reviews next week, and then we'll talk about it next week of how it went for you. Yeah, I mean you'll have the video,
1: so you'll know how it went.
0: Well, <laughs> so will everybody else, but we'll still
2: have something to talk about <laughs> for sure. I was gonna just say, why well, set actually, up I'm your gonna... only fans fans yeah. page? <laughs>
1: That's all it's gonna be, <laughs> it's enemas. <laughs> that and me doing dumbbell presses with just boxes on. Probably.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you could probably make some money off this. You could do
1: coffee enemas, just a normal enema, mm-hmm. coffee enemas um i've seen that on tlc it was like strange things i'm addicted to and there was people doing like 10 coffee animals a day
0: a day there you go you can you can put food up there um they also it got a, th- definitely South Park? a fallen
2: world and they, sit on the hamburger they, they got house.
0: the other one and, and, and they pay big money to help out that um uh um, gut bacteria and stuff. You get other people's shit shoved up there to help, you know, um, yeah, no, the flora. Obviously. So, no. see, oh, there's yeah. a lot of ways you can do this. Yeah, this is how Rome fell, not it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Coffee enemas. That's literally where it started.
0: <laughs> it wouldn't <have> surprise me, <laughs> especially how they did it back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think we'll make a post next time so we can actually get some questions on here a little bit early. So, yeah, if you guys hear this and you want us to answer any questions, just throw them to us at Barbarian Rhetoric on IG. Awesome. All right. And with that, thank you,
0: gentlemen. And have a good week. And and we'll do this again. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast. I hope it's given you something to think about in your own quest to develop a barbarian mindset. Because it's with this mindset that you'll find the skills, strength, attitude, will, and endurance to see things through and live within the civilization and still be a barbarian. We appreciate your feedback. We especially appreciate those who have been supporting the podcast. That's the Barbarian Rhetoric Podcast on our website, on Anchor FM, and on Spotify. You can find the show notes on the blog or anchor.fm Barbarian Rhetoric. If the podcast has been helpful to you, please let us know. You can do this by checking into the Apple Podcast app, give us five stars, and leaving us a short review. This will help us get our message out in front of many more people. You can also talk to us on social media and let us know what you are thinking about or how this has helped you. On Twitter, I am at Steel Janz. That's S-T-E-E-L-J-A-N-Z. And I'm also on Instagram, at Barbarian Rhetoric. There's also a couple other things you need to check out. One is the Barbarian Rhetoric blog. And of course, our newsletter. There's a pop-up which you'll see as soon as you land on the blog. Thanks for listening. And always remember to be a barbarian in a civilized world. An Apex Predator.